I am afraid that I have much news, and most of it is terrible. Welcome to The Mind Killer, the rationalist brain on politics. As always, I'm Wesley Fenza. I'm Inyash Brodsky. And I'm David. This is episode 101. We're recording on January 29th, 2024. And we have a lot of follow-ups, so we're just going to go right into them. First follow-up, so Bill Ackman, um, somebody, I think it was you, Inyash, had the take that was like, get yourself a husband like Bill Ackman back in the 100 Takes episode. And I got to say, man, I heard some more about this story. I think Bill Ackman might be a terrible husband. Oh, no. Yeah. Because uh, his wife did not want this attention. And she got... So this is the guy, this is like the, the, the finance billionaire whose wife, who he was like yelling at people about uh, plagiarism and Claudine Gay and all that. And then people found out his wife plagiarized. And his wife just like issued, you know, a normal apology that was like, oh yeah, I guess I did that. I'm sorry. She doesn't work in academia. So like no one's going to do anything to her. Mm-hmm. And then Ackman just went nuclear about it. And now everyone's heard about it. <laughs> and by all accounts, she's like super private and does not want to be public. And he is just like keeps attracting attention to her. So I, I, I agreed with that take last week or last mm. episode. But uh, upon further review, I'm like, actually, I think maybe don't get a husband like Bill Ackman. Hmm. Mm. I'm undecided. Eh. Yeah, I'm with Inyash on this one. It's kind of a man's prerogative in a relationship to... Uh, literally or metaphorically beat the ever-loving shit of anyone out of anyone who goes after his wife, and it's the woman's prerogative to um, object to said beating and yet not stop it. Jesus, I can't even escape the general essentialism on my own show. <laughs> nope. Uh. I, I'm not sure I'd go quite that far, but uh, I, I still admire going nuclear over someone going after someone you love. Yeah, but like, Really, all he's doing is tweeting. Isn't he... So he said that he was going to do full plagiarism investigations at uh, in everyone who's at MIT. Is he not doing that? Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe he's doing that. I don't know. Okay, if he's just tweeting, then whatever. You know, he's a wanker that doesn't do much. But if he, <laughs> <laughs> if he actually does this thing, that'd be, that'd be something. Yeah, no, I'm still excited for the uh, plagiarism investigations into everybody that, mm-hmm. uh, that the AI is going to do. Ooh, we got news about that in the uh, real news later. All right. Well, let's move on then to our next follow-up. So remember that story last episode about how uh, Texas was not letting the feds in to Eagle Pass? I do remember that story. And remember how I couldn't figure out what the dispute was? Mm -hmm. So here's the dispute. The feds want to come in and cut down Texas's razor wire. Mm -hmm. So this was actually a story we covered before about... Texas putting up the razor wire and the feds keep coming in and cutting down the razor wire. So that's why they're trying to keep the feds out. So now they have gotten, they, they had gotten a, uh, a trial court said you have to let the feds in. Then they appealed it to the fifth circuit and the fifth circuit said, no, 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 you don't. And they issued an injunction saying no feds allowed. Oh, and then they appealed that to the Supreme court and the Supreme Court said, 5-4, let the feds in. And it's really annoying because it's just a, an order vacating the, uh, the Fifth Circuit injunction. There's no reasoning given. Um, so all we know is that the liberals, Roberts, and Barrett voted for it. Uh, but we don't know why. We don't know what, what legal principle we're supposed to be following here. Um, but they vacated the injunction. 
Uh, and meanwhile, Texas is still not letting the feds in. So <laughs> now it's it's real civil disobedience. Didn't a number of uh, Republican governors also sign some sort of statement saying that they're with Texas on this? Oh, yeah. There was like, yeah, I think like 23 different governors signed a like, we're, we're with Texas solidarity statement. Mm. Which uh, sounds, sounds a lot like sedition. Who, who knew the uh, Red Tribe was discovering solidarity? <laughs> it sounds like sedition. I mean, I mean, only a little bit, a tiny bit. It's, yeah, it's less seditious than you know January sixth, which really wasn't all that seditious. In the those the, are the both true theme. things, but like, what if the feds say, "Well, we got this court order, so we're going to walk onto this land and remove the razor wire," and then the Texans say, "No, you aren't," and there is a physical altercation. Well, I guess it depends on how physical it gets. Right. You know, just throwing a few punches. That's just. You know, to, uh, that's just Jason. That's just guy stuff, right, David? Yeah, that's just, that's just boys being yeah. boys. Yeah, yeah, it's just guys. Um, <laughs> I feel yeah. like I should have a take for this, but I really don't. Uh, you already I, had your take. It was uh, fuck the feds. Yeah, I. So that's still most of my take. The rest of my take is the other side are anti-immigrationists, though. So mostly, I've just reverted to my natural state of the Michael Jackson eating popcorn meme. <laughs> all right, fair enough. All right, next follow-up. So you guys remember when all the truckers uh, blockaded Canada because they were yes, pissed off about, uh, about COVID restrictions? Yeah. And, yes. then, uh, and you remember how Trudeau invoked the Emergency Act to, like, start seizing their bank accounts? Yeah. 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 The Canadian High Court has now said that uh, that was unlawful and don't do that. Oh, we even have power in Canada. Will there be any repercussions at all for Trudeau personally or the government? Unclear. Or is this just a finger wag? Um, so far, all I've seen is that they ruled it was illegal. Okay. Uh, I don't know what kind of restitution there's going to be or damages or anything. Uh, but at least, I mean, I think it's good that there's now a precedent there that says you can't do this. Yeah. So the next guy who tries it. They'll know. Mm -hmm. They'll have a court opinion. And mm -hmm. some people still listen to those. Not Texas, but, you know, in Canada, they probably do. Hmm. Suppose they could become the new Texas. The frozen Texas. They're definitely not going to. I mean, Alberta is already the frozen Texas. Excellent. <laughs> God. Is, uh, does that make Quebec the frozen Louisiana? Uh, no, Quebec is the very, very slightly more frozen New York. Hmm. That's weird. That is Why? weird. Why? Because it's, it's French. It's just weird that there's a New York in Canada. Um, yeah, it's full of a bunch of insane lefties, just like New York. Mm. Wouldn't that make it California, since they're kind of secessionist? Yeah, you could also call it the frozen California. I wouldn't object to that. Yeah, that makes more sense to me, especially because they speak a different language in California anyway. Yep. Yeah, yep. true. All right, speaking of California weirdos, Eniash, you have Apple news for us. I do. Apple is going to have a third-party app store for the first time ever on their hey, iOS. Hey, just like we were complaining about them not doing. Yes, uh, this is due to pressure from when the actually, courts. actually, we were complaining about Android not doing that, but they do, and we were just being stupid. <laughs> right. But now Apple does as well. Uh, this is due oh, to bye. EU regulations. Uh, they that's I mean yeah that's great. They, you don't yeah, have to go through their store Yeah, and they haven't done anything anymore. to like completely neuter it, right? Um, not they not... haven't done anything to completely neuter it, right? Well, <laughs> they're going to be charging a new core technology fee to developers, which will uh, charge them half a euro for every app installation after the first one million per year, even for free apps. Which I don't know. 
sounds like it could be absolutely ruinous to the more popular apps that are free, but um, maybe it's not so bad. Per install. Mm-hmm. I have no idea how the numbers work out on that. Like, I also do not. What do you make per install on a free app? Like an, like an ad revenue? I, it depends on how often they use their app, I guess. Yeah. There's a number of apps that I've installed which I almost never use. I'm sure. Well, I guess we'll see how that goes. Yep. All right, and we've got a follow-up about Evergrande. Remember Evergrande? Or is it Evergrande? I don't know. It's, it's Chinese, so it's probably pronounced some super weird way. Um, they were the big um, like home builder real estate company in, mm-hmm. in China who was bankrupt. Mm-hmm. Uh, with, what's going on with them now? With m- billions in outstanding liabilities. And by outstanding liabilities, you mean people who's paid for houses that they haven't built yet. <laughs> yes, that, that is literally what I mean. Uh, it's it's it, We reported on it, I don't know, several dozen episodes ago. It's been ongoing for quite a while. Uh, the Hong Kong court has now said that, yeah, Evergrande is not going to make good on any of their debts, and they need to be liquidated, and that money used to make whole people as much as possible. Obviously, they won't get all their money back. Uh, however, since this is a Hong Kong court, it only applies to the Evergrande uh, assets that are within Hong Kong. So the mainland China stuff, which is where most of Evergrande is, and all the foreign stuff is not affected by this. Um, but, you know, that's that's still something. It's an indication of more things to come. And it had some effect on the markets, but not all that much, because, again, everybody already knew this was a shit show that was going to happen, and they were pretty much expecting something like this. Should we just have a regular segment that's like Chinese Economy Death Watch? We maybe should. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm putting it in. Chinese Economy Death Watch. Excellent. We need a new sound clip for that. <laughs> oh, oh, I'll think of something. All right. Now on to new news. Our first new news is from Eniash about Jordan. Yes, there was a drone strike in Jordan on U.S. Uh, bases, uh, backed by Iran, of course. Of and, course. Uh, injured 40 U.S. soldiers and killing three of them. And uh, that's that's an... Whoa, U.S. soldiers. Yeah. We care about those. We actually so, uh, do. Who actually carried out this strike? I believe it was... I, I don't know if they know for sure, but I think it was a uh, Houthi group. The goddamn Houthis again? Um, the Houthis are not that far north. No? They're basically here. only in Yemen. Okay. And I don't think their drones have that range. Uh, uh, it says, an umbrella group for Iran-backed militia calling itself the Islamic Resistance in Iraq. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, Jordan's going to get Islamic Resistance in Iraq.exe uninstalled. <laughs> I, I mean, maybe. Jordan has been one of the people that we seem to like over there a whole lot, so I don't think we want to completely Iraq them. I mean, we really don't want to Iraq anybody. Yeah. That was a bad time. I don't know if you remember. I, I do remember. I was we there. We had a really bad time in Iraq. Yeah. Let's, let's just not Iraq anyone. Right. But, like, politicians from both sides are like, yeah, we got to do something right now. And Biden's like, we will definitely do something at a time of our choosing. So. Something. That's <laughs> yeah. what I demand. Firm somethings. At well, I'm glad time. to hear that we will be doing something. Yeah. I assume it will be some drone strikes. Uh, Probably. Yeah. All right. That's fine. I'm fine with that. I mean, I mean... I, I am somewhat worried about this whole thing continuing to escalate, but we are just reporting on the escalation as it happens, folks. Yeah. I mean, look, the great thing about the Middle East is it's far away, so if everything escalates too much, we can just leave. Be like, all right, peace out, guys. You handle it. Um, 
but can we? Because the Middle East is also where the um, the Strait is through Cairo, not through Cairo, but uh, the Sinai Canal, Suez Canal. You mean the Suez? Yeah, one of those. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's what I said. If things get too bad, we can just be like, all right, f the Suez Canal, go around Africa. Ooh, that would be bad for the entire West. Yeah, I mean that's what they're doing now. Mm, it's true. I mean- is that, is that it devastating? Would, it would be notably less bad for America than it would be for Europe. Very true. Yeah. And honestly, fuck Europe. Oh. All my <laughs> homies hate Europe. Hey, man, my family lives in Europe. Well, not my immediate family, but my extended family. Mm, I'm sorry. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Still, it's a nice place. Well, tell them to move to a good country like America. Yeah. Or, you know, Argentina. America. Yeah, Canada, which is like America, but a little frozener. And worse in almost every way, but still close enough to America to be decent-ish. <laughs> be better than Europe. Do you know you need a passport to go to Canada if you're an American? Yep. Yeah. That yeah, seems it's new. That's so stupid. They, we basically own them, and now we need a passport to go there? Well, the passport's to prove that you're an American. You'd be like, but- yes, I'm your owner. <laughs> Oh, that's true. You wouldn't want just anyone claiming. want to let Europeans in. Yeah, yeah, all right. Yeah, it makes sense to me. You show them your American passport, they're like, ah, yes, right this way, sir. Mm, Yeah, allow us to give you the BJ suite. It's like those, uh, you know, get-out-of-jail-free cards that you show the cops. Oh, God, those are the worst. (laughs) No, it's not institutionalized corruption. What are you talking about? I think I had a troop deployment about that, like, two years ago. Yeah. Yeah, I do remember something about that. All right. Uh, so while we're on the subject of the Middle East, let's talk Israel. Apparently, they're not doing genocide. So says the International Criminal Court. Woohoo! Uh, genuinely surprised to hear that. Yeah. So I, you know, so they said like, uh, okay, they're not doing genocide, but they're like, maybe could, but could at some point. So they need to like take affirmative steps to prevent a genocide from happening. Which, you know, I thought was a pretty good verdict for Israel. I don't know. I saw this getting reported. I feel like everyone was reporting it, like, in their own ideological uh, priors way. That was like, some people were like, oh, big ruling against Israel, saying they have to take a steps to prevent genocide. Um, but, you know, I read it and I was like, oh, uh, I think they said they're not doing genocide, hmm. which is, was the accusation. So Just- as Trump says, total exoneration. <laughs> Does this matter or affect anything at all? Uh, I mean... No. No one cares about the ICC. It's all soft power. I guess soft power is sort of important-ish. Yeah, it has, like, some kind of influence on some people that have influence on other people that goes through, like, 12 different levels and gets diluted down. I think if they said... Israel's doing genocide and you have to stop. Um, that, that would that would have been bad. Hmm. I, I don't nah. think they would have stopped. I don't think it really would have. It would it would have changed much of anything in the war. But I think it would mean some some allies were more reluctant to support them. Nah, uh, it it would have meant less than nothing to me if they ruled that uh, Israel was committing genocide. And as a somewhat good Bayesian, some of the time I'm contractually obligated to. Uh, to uh, treat it the same when the ruling comes up in the other direction. Yeah, I don't think anyone was asking, what does it mean to you personally, David? How many legions do you control, sir? Uh, <laughs> hang on, let me count. <laughs> Dick all. Yeah. Your, your, your Warhammer minis don't count. <laughs> but they are pretty fucking cool. All right. And uh, while we're still on the subject of uh, Israel... 
The next story is that the that the America has pulled its funding for the UNRWA, which is the Palestinian aid group that the United Nations quote unquote has. aid group. Yes, after allegations that twelve of their employees participated in the October seventh attacks. Jesus. Uh, eight other countries have also pulled funding. Um, now I I didn't know how to interpret this because it's like. Uh, it, my first thing was I googled how many employees they have, mm. and it's thirteen thousand. Oh well, you could get twelve people to sneak in if you have thirteen thousand right? employees. I mean, they actually have thirty thousand employees, but thirteen thousand in Gaza. Okay, and most of their employees are Palestinian refugees. All right. So if only twelve participated, that That's... actually seems pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Like my prior would be that like twenty percent. Yeah. So would I'm... be into it. I'm guessing what's happening here is the UNRWA is a front for laundering UN money to Hamas. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's that's not my take. That's pretty obvious to anyone who's paying attention. Uh, Hamas training centers and armories and so on keep on cropping up in UNRWA facilities for some reason. And uh, the US plus these other eight countries were like... Okay, we need to stop funding these people. Personally, I would ask why they were funding them in the first place, but whatever. For humanitarian reasons, David. Yeah, we need to stop funding these people. Uh, Okay, there's 12 people on these videos that definitely work for them, and we're definitely doing atrocities. Okay, good enough. Let's pull the money. Yeah, this definitely seems like a pretext to me. Okay. Um, There was a leaked dossier from Israel that accused 190 employees of being operatives of Hamas or Palestinian Islamic Jihad. So that's significantly more. That's like, uh, it's like 10%. Um, that's no, like 1%. Yeah. Oh, no, that's like 1%. Yeah. Well, it's still way more. <laughs> Can't argue that. Uh, but yeah, still sounds like a pretext to me, but uh, also sounds like a good call. Yeah, I mean, if you're at war with someone, probably the first thing you want to do is stop sending them aid. Yeah, I mean, it's complicated in Gaza because they're pretty helpless. Mm-hmm. They don't ha- like the Isra- Israel's blockaded uh, most stuff from getting into Gaza. And they're like, no, no, we'll just supply it to you. Uh, so if they cut it off, I mean, then people starve and die. So, but you know, there's a real good answer. If they if they blockaded it, though, then the stuff wasn't getting in anyway. Right. Right. That's what a blockade Israel is. was providing it. Yeah, but Israel is still providing them with the means to live, question mark? I'm assuming they're not just literally starving people. Right, but without, like, all the, the UN um, aid, I think they would. That's my impression. Huh. Uh, I don't know. I think it just means that they would have to spend more of their own money on providing for the people rather than getting UN assistance, UN assistance for it. But it's not money that the UN's bringing in. It's actual food. Well, right, but now Israel has to pay for actual food. Oh, Israel does. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean, Israel can feed them yeah. if they want to. Yeah. Sure. So if anything, it kind of seems will. like it's making things a little harder on Israel. Hey, here's an idea. Maybe the government of Palestine could take care of it. Remind me, who's the government of uh, Palestine? Oh, yeah, Hamas. <laughs> that's... Uh, that's the government of Gaza. Yeah, you're quite right. Quite right. Uh, there was literally a statement from Hamas uh, a while ago um, saying that they weren't going to bother maintaining civilian infrastructure because quote that's the job of the united nations yeah <laughs> see i was expecting their their statements to be like fuck the united nations we don't want your aid anyway yeah no the 
UNAID is the reason why they exist. Oh, I know. But I didn't expect them to be grateful for it. I mean, they're not. Yeah. The UN is like uh, the effective altruist. They love being yelled at. Yeah. The thing that um, Professor Quirrell described where the best way to make sure someone uh, is completely contemptuous towards you is to help them consistently very much applies to the UN's relationship with Gaza. I wish you were wrong. I got checks out. All right. Well, let's stop talking about this and instead talk about something way better. Yeah. The America election season has started. Oh, no. You dashed my hope. Official election season. We've had primaries. Did we? We did. Mm. We had Iowa and New Hampshire. Well, we had the Republican version of Iowa and New Hampshire and the Democratic version of New Hampshire, even though uh, it wasn't even a real primary. So, uh, all right. I know you guys are on the edge of your seats for this. Trump won. No. Yeah, it was Trump. I know you were, uh, you were really expecting Vivek Ramaswamy to pull it out, but was, uh, he did not. I mean, I was hoping yeah. for anyone other than Trump, to be honest. Well, you're not getting anyone but Trump. You're getting Trump. He's, he's uh, he crushed really it in Iowa. He got over 50%. Uh, after Iowa, Ramaswamy and DeSantis both dropped out, which is, means it's just him and Nikki Haley. Uh, Nikki Haley got like 45% or so in New Hampshire. Hey, and that's Trump something. Got yeah, that's good. I mean, if she could do that in any other state, that'd be great, but she definitely can't. Mm. New Hampshire was the Nikki Haley state, huh? Yeah, well, yeah, New Hampshire is like where she did all her campaigning. This is where she put all her resources. It's full of independents that love to vote for, uh, you know, non-incumbents. And Oh, the... wasn't New Hampshire the state that the libertarians tried to take over? Yes. Ah, see... We're the best. <laughs> uh, but yeah, she, she couldn't get she couldn't beat Trump in New Hampshire. And the the feeling was if she can't win New Hampshire, she can't win anything. I'm, I'm holding out hope, man. Yeah. I mean, it's a two person race now. So if anyone who doesn't want Trump is going to have to vote for Nikki Haley, but they're not. I mean, there just aren't enough people that don't want Trump. That's the problem. The Republicans really love Trump. That is a problem. Yeah, so, I mean, that's at least the primary is, like, doing its job and the people are voting for the person they want. Unlike in the Democratic primary, <laughs> which is not doing its job, which I'll pontificate more about later. But for right now, uh, Joe Biden managed to win New Hampshire and get 64% of the vote, vote without even being on the ballot. How was he not on the ballot? He decided not to get on the ballot because New Hampshire is not a real primary. What? Yeah, so remember how Iowa and New Hampshire are always first? Yeah. So this year, the Democrats were like, we don't want Iowa and New Hampshire to be first anymore. That's bullshit. There's no actual reason we do that. We're going to do South Carolina first. Um, Ostensibly because it's full of black voters. Actually because it's Biden's best state. (laughs) And they wanted to clear the field for Biden for some reason. Um, So they wanted South Carolina to be first. New Hampshire was like... Hey, fuck you, we're going first. So the Democratic National Committee was like, okay, do what you want, but we're not giving you any delegates if, if you don't go after South Carolina. So they went before South Carolina, so they get no delegates. Huh. So whatever happened in New Hampshire doesn't even matter for the Democratic primary. It has no effect on anything except news coverage. Weird. Yeah. Well, I look forward to the impending demise of our completely ridiculous corn subsidies. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, only if the Democrats win. Yeah, true. Republicans, for some reason, are sticking with Iowa. 
But it sounds like he still won New Hampshire, despite the fact that it doesn't matter. He did, and Dean Phillips uh, really gave it the old college try. He was on the ballot. He actually campaigned. He, like, tried pretty hard, from what it seems, to, to get people to vote for him. I think he got, like, 20%. Was he actually on the ballot? He was on the ballot. And so was Marianne Williamson. I think she got, like, 5%. All right. Are we planning on uh, covering every single primary between now and the primary stopping? Yes, David. Okay, cool. We're a politics I, podcast. I might need to... Uh, find a guest host to take my place on the show until like i don't know november all right i'll ask jimmy i believe yassine volunteered did he He did volunteer what we could swap out david for yassine (laughs) i'm in i'd swap out either of you with yassine wow you heard it yassine you're on the hook (laughs) now that poor sucker is stuck doing this show right all right uh all right, more more Trump stuff. Ooh, better idea. Uh, the three of us keep doing this sans primary coverage, and then you and Yassine can do uh, <laughs> your own primary coverage on the side and release it as a, a separate uh, non-Patreon bonus episode. <laughs> the patrons don't have to listen to this, actually. Yes. <laughs> All right. All right. We got more Trump news. Hmm. He was ordered. So remember that when E. Jean Carroll sued Trump because she said uh, Trump raped me and he said, no, I didn't. And she's like, that's defamation. God, I wish I didn't. I actually I don't remember that. It sounds kind of familiar. Is that he just said, no, I didn't. And she sued him for defamation. Well, I mean, he's Trump. He said a lot more than that. He was like, this woman's a liar. She's ugly anyway. (laughs) I believe his exact phrasing was, she's not my type. Yeah. So she sued him a while ago. She won. And Trump is ordered to pay her $5 million for defamation. Um, Trump immediately, like, came out of the courtroom and was like, that verdict was bullshit. That woman's a liar. And just defamed her a hundred more times. So she sued him again for defamation. And this time, she's like, well, I already proved that... Uh, his the things he said were not true and defamatory. So the real question is just how much does he owe me now? Uh, so last time it was five million. This time eighty three million dollars. Jesus, over sixty of it in punitive damages, <laughs> which you know may be serving their purpose here because you know this time he came out of the courtroom and started defaming Joe Biden <laughs> instead of Eugene Carroll. <laughs> <laughs> even he can out. learn turns right? out if you hit it long enough even an old dog can learn new tricks really 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 old clinically retarded dog <laughs> <laughs> so if he becomes president can he pardon himself no you can't pardon yourself from civil damages I don't know he's definitely gonna try though <laughs> oh absolutely I mean, the sad part is you could probably just raise $83 million from his retarded fans. Yeah. Just being like, hey, I got this unfair, uh, you know, Democrat uh, judgment against me. Pay it for me. And they'll be like, yeah, let's pay it for him. That'll show him. (laughs) That'll really stick it to the libs. Uh, I hate that I live in a timeline where I need to care about this man. Well, you do. Hmm. Yeah, I'm aware of that. Thank you. (laughs) 
<laughs> I think I think all of us wish we didn't have to, and yet here we are. Wes, distract us. What is something else we can care about that isn't Trump? Mitch McConnell. That's oh, even no. worse. <laughs> 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 Just kidding. This is still a Trump story. Oh, oh God. So, so, so for weeks. Listeners, I hope you appreciate how I suffer for you. Um, uh. Yeah. So for weeks, the Democrats have been like, hey, guys, remember Ukraine? They're they're running out of money and bullets. And the Republicans are like, we don't give a fuck. And then they were like, all right. All right. We'll we'll give you your Ukraine funding, but we want border security. Do do border security. And now Biden and the Democrats are like, all right, let's do border security. And the Republicans now are like, eh, we don't actually want to do border security because Trump kind of needs the border to be all fucked up for the election. Um, and <laughs> Mitch McConnell. It was reported this week. Actually, just came out and said that. What? It was like, yeah, uh, I mean, we don't really want to. It was a, uh, you know, he wasn't, they didn't catch him on video. So this is like secondhand uh, reported. But like, he apparently said this in like a closed door meeting with other Republicans. Wow. Being like, yeah, we're not going to, we don't want to do any border stuff before the election. Uh, Trump doesn't want to. And so uh, let's just take that off the table. And then coincidentally, you know, the next day, McConnell goes out publicly and he's like, maybe we just separate the border security and Ukraine funding questions. Damn. I know. Because the Republicans, because the Democrats, I mean, they're playing the game, too. They're like, yeah, let's, like, deal with the border so we don't have to, like, get yelled at for the entire election season about how the border is in complete chaos. I think just yesterday, maybe, or earlier today, Biden came out and said on the record that he would shut down the border right now if Congress gave him a bill. Yeah, so he's I, speaking, he's, uh, he's old and demented, but he's no dummy. Speaking of how it's kind of nuts that like the the way you you have this election go is the things that the Republicans want to happen, the Republicans don't make happen, and the things that they want to happen, the, Repo- the Democrats do make happen because it would be bad for them in the upcoming election. If well, that- see, you think that's nuts, but that's been politics for a hundred years. Oh my that's, god, FDR did that to Hubert, Herbert Hoover. What did he do? Her Hoover had all this stuff that he was like, all right, we're going to help out with this whole Great Depression thing. I got all these programs. And FDR went around and lobbied against him because <laughs> he didn't want he wanted that issue for the election. He wanted to be the savior. Isn't the same thing that the commies do that just, just make the society worse and worse until people are so fed up they go for a violent revolution or something? Uh, just the accelerationists. Yeah, I, was, I, I, I thought that say was all of them. Well, no, they, uh, most of them don't do that on purpose. Oh, okay. It's just, you know, they can't help themselves. This is nuts. All right, so if I want something solved, I have to go to the opposite party. No, because that's not, that's not actually going to solve yeah. it. That's true. Yeah, if you want something to not happen, you need to go to the party who's pushing it. If you want something solved, you're screwed. <laughs> if you want something solved, you need not government. Okay. Uh, speaking of... Um, how we're ruled by a bunch of senile old people. Did you guys see the video of Mitch McConnell apparently having a stroke or something on camera? Oh, no. Yeah, he, um, he was... I have like, a vague recollection of this. Yeah, he was, like, giving a speech or a press release or something. And oh, did he, he just stop? He just stopped mid-word and... Oh, yeah, that's, like, the third time he's done that. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, he just, like, freezes, like a maybe, deer in headlights. Maybe, like, he had to fart and he was trying to hold it in. My favorite was the old-ass senator 
who like put on a fake pair of glasses. Have you seen that video? Mm-mm. Oh my god, that's the best one. He's just sitting there and he like there, there's nothing on his desk and he goes like he's picking up a pair of glasses, unfolds them and puts them on his face. <laughs> and just keeps talking like nothing happened. <laughs> This is the most insane thing I've ever seen. He's like that dog that wouldn't walk through the back door yeah. that was open until they mimed opening it. Yes, it's just like that. Except, except he was touching his face. It was, it, it was his hand. It, in his defense, the dog. He wasn't touching the door. In his defense, I once spent several minutes trying to find my glasses before realizing that I was wearing them. Look, everyone's done that. Okay. All right? But you didn't pick up fake glasses. <laughs> Not realize that you didn't have glasses in your hand. Unfold them and put them on your face. I got I to gotta, I gotta find that video and put it in the show notes. I hope he was having a great time on whatever he was on. <laughs> God, I hope he was on drugs. I'm sure it was just old. That's so sad. Uh, I don't I don't want anybody to ever be that old. All right. Well, speaking of people who are too old, Eniage, what's Biden doing now? He is pausing liquid natural gas exports from the United States. Pausing? Uh, yeah. Apparently, well, I mean, right now we export a lot of them, particularly to Europe, where they are used for providing heat and electricity. Uh, and now we're going to well, not do that for an undetermined amount of time. What's that? They don't need heat and electricity. It's not mm. like it's the middle of winter. No, certainly not. Uh, and yeah, he, he's pausing it for an indeterminate amount of time. Uh, I think the uh, one of the official excuses is that it's good for global warming or some shit, which I do not buy in the least because it just means that now Europe is going to have to burn coal instead, which is significantly worse than liquid natural gas. I like it hurts them. They have less electricity, less power. They are going to have to buy more shit from Russia. I don't. I don't understand. What the motivation is behind this? Is it just hoarding natural gas for the inevitable war when the Middle East explodes and we have less gas? It brings down domestic energy prices. Does it? Yes. Do you think that the American LNG producers are just going to be like, well, guess this stuff is useless now? But it hurts the American LNG providers by reducing their profits, which... Yes, but Biden doesn't care about anything that happens after October. Mm. Yeah, that's fair. Cause didn't um didn't our our natural gas production like fall off a cliff for a while because it wasn't profitable? I don't remember that specifically, but sounds plausible. Yeah, I I, I feel like uh, Odd Lots or Planet Money or somebody did a whole episode about this. That was like everyone went crazy for fracking, mm. um, because everyone thought it, and then there was there was that there was too much supply, and a lot of these projects they did didn't ever actually turn to profit because they had managed to keep the prices low uh which you know good for consumers but then there was a not a lot of um in th- nobody was increasing supply for a while and it wasn't until recently the prices went up high enough that it made it uh, worthwhile this is I, there has to be some other reasoning behind this like nothing makes sense on its face what it's you don't think it's just like the climate nihilist trying to ruin everything? It can't be because why? Because more coal is going to get burned. Like they, they, it's not like they don't know that. But they do this all the time. Yeah. But okay, maybe the climate Look, shooting themselves in the dick in a very specific way that results in more coal power production is like environmental activism one hundred and one. It wouldn't surprise. It's literally me if- their favorite thing to do. 
I mean, it doesn't surprise me that the degrowthers would want to do this because they literally just want to increase human suffering. But yeah, environmentalists. But Joe Biden and the White House in general isn't those people. They don't have that ideological um, axe to grind. So why would Joe they do Biden it? Joe Biden isn't. I don't know about his White House. They, his, I mean, his administration is sort of all over the map. Um, either trying to like buy people off with policies, or you know, staffed with true believers. You know, hard to tell. Um, but there's no like they they don't have like an ideological coherent staff. I don't know. This is so bizarre that I I swear there's got to be some piece of information we don't have. This is a I notice I'm confused moment for me. Oh, so this doesn't seem bizarre to me at all. They're yeah. like, oh, no, uh, gas bad. The the most confusing thing about this to me is why you're confused by it. <laughs> this is like this. The environmentalists don't think past gas is bad. If we sell less gas, that's good. Yeah, but but that's not everyone in power. You could have stopped that statement after the fourth word, Wes. (laughs) (laughs) They just emote. I am unconvinced, but the future will probably prove me wrong. All right. Well, maybe there's like secret um, other people selling natural gas to Europe who have orchestrated this whole thing. Or maybe it's AstroTurf by German coal companies. I don't know. (laughs) It's big coal. (laughs) Big coal behind it. That would be more believable. Well. Maybe. All right. Speaking of people shooting themselves in the dick, do you guys know who <laughs> Fonnie Willis is? Nope. Fonnie Willis is the prosecutor in charge of the uh, Georgia Trump case. That was the one where he called up the guy and was like, hey, find me those votes. Mm, all right. It's one of the better uh, indictments. Um, that's, that's, you know, this is the one that's kind of a slam dunk. But also it's the one with that uh, crazy Trump judge who loves him. So it's definitely not happening before the election. So the stakes are kind of low. But um, it came out th- last week that she is probably sleeping with the special prosecutor that she appointed. Oh, <laughs> yeah. huh. Okay. Yeah. Uh, um, that is that is not what I was expecting. Yeah. One of the defendants who was not Trump um, submitted a motion that was like, um, can I get this dismissed? Because these two are fucking. Wait, but the, she and the special prosecutor are on the same side, right? Ostensibly, but special prosecutors are supposed to be independent. Oh. That's the whole point of a special prosecutor. I see. Okay, didn't know that part. Yeah, the whole point of a special prosecutor is that, like, the regular prosecutor is, you know, conflicted out or has some kind of reason why they shouldn't be in charge. It's, um, you know, like why they appoint a special counsel in federal cases. But wait, if there's if the prosecutor is already like prosecuting the defense, right? The only way that they would have a confliction is if they are on the defense's side for some reason. Like, what's the conflict when you already hate someone? If you're the special prosecutor, you're just going to well, do an extra good job. Well, that could be the conflict if if you hate them. No, you're the just going to do an extra good job if you hate them because well, you're prosecuting them anyway. <laughs> prosecutors aren't supposed to think that way. Yeah. <laughs> what are they not human? Prosecutors are supposed to care about justice. They're not supposed to hate defendants. That is a bold-faced lie. Yeah, but you do raise a good point in that I, mean, I don't it's not a I don't lie know what the that they're is supposed either. to feel that way. Whether mm-hmm. or not they actually don't feel that way, eh, who's to say? Yeah. Uh, and the thinking is, like, because this guy is kind of a lightweight, he does not have a lot of prosecutorial experience, and people are already like, why'd she, why'd she name him to this? Uh, but uh, it appears we know why. But then, as the defendant, you especially want him to stay on because he's a lightweight without a lot of experience. Yeah, right? These guys are so dumb. 
<laughs> yeah, right? I'd be like, keep that guy. Yeah. It's going to be like, you got my boyfriend kicked off his first good job. I'm going to appoint someone who's the best special prosecutor in the whole state. Yeah. The thing is, um, yeah, they're both probably going to get kicked off. Um, but you got to remember that all Trump cares about is pushing this case back past the election. Oh, so that's going to help him with this. Oh, yeah. And he was going to be able to do that anyway, because it's this like crazy in the tank judge. Mm. And, uh, you know, the cases that are moving along, it's because the judge is like, I see what you're trying to do and I'm not going to let you. Mm, yeah. Whereas this judge is like, I see what you're trying to do and I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> but also like pretending she's going to hold the hold the trial in before the election. So like all the other judges don't schedule their trials for that date. It's total bullshit. It is. But anyway, this is just more like, <laughs> this is just funny at this point. Yeah, I think it's kind of sweet. <laughs> She's, she appointed her boyfriend. Yeah, it's true love. Is it? It's something approaching true love. I feel like you have a really low bar for true love here. Yeah, I'm, 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 I can, I'll cop to that. <laughs> right. All right. True love then. <laughs> All right. All right. Um... Georgia, uh, the Georgia uh, politicians are pretty pissed off about this and are now like reconstituting a prosecutorial oversight board that got uh, sort of nixed by their Supreme Court before. And they have introduced articles of impeachment against Fonnie Will- Willis. Well, that sucks for her. Indeed. I don't think that in, a- in reality there's much of a conflict here, uh, but it still looks bad. And lawyers have all these rules about, uh, you know, avoiding the appearance of impropriety. Yeah. Just the appearance, though. Yeah, just the appearance. Actual impropriety is not only encouraged, but mandatory. As long as it doesn't appear that way. Yep. Uh, I think that's in the rules of professional conduct. Well, how the hell did Wes get a job, then? <laughs> Somebody wasn't a man in their post. <laughs> right? He's like, look at me, I'm super improper, and they're like, stamp of approval. <laughs> no, I had, to, I had to take a test that was like, I'm ethical. Oh, all right. Well, as long as you said you're ethical on the test. I did. Cool. I did. They were like, are you ethical? And I said, yes. Yeah, I've had to take those tests for uh, various accounting gigs. <clears throat> yeah, there you go. They're like, would you steal a lot of money? <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, no. No. <laughs> Definitely not. Wait, you're not supposed to check the box, Mark, to, uh, depends on how much? You are not. Oh, that explains it. <laughs> Is this why you didn't get your PhD, David? Yeah. No. Well, maybe next time. No, nah, George Mason doesn't care how ethical their graduates are. Oh, right. You went to George Mason. I forgot. All right. Uh, Eniash. Yes. What is going on with the Dana-Farber Cancer Institute? Well, for people... I've heard that name before. I feel like they sponsor lots of stuff. Oh, uh, that could be. I, I didn't know that part. Uh, but the Dana-Farber Cancer Institute is a top cancer research institute and our affiliate of the Harvard Medical School. Is this real Harvard? Uh, not, not like the Harvard Extension? Dude, I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm pretty sure Harvard Medical School is the real Harvard. Okay. It doesn't say extension anywhere in there, so I assume they're the real ones. Yeah. They had to retract six studies recently, six studies about cancer that were being used by other people to treat cancer, uh, and they're investigating 31 more studies Ooh. for fraud because some people apparently just copy-pasted graphs to, to use as, you know, proof of, of their work. What, like, like, they copied other people's graphs and said, this is our data? Uh, they copied some of their own graphs from other studies and just pasted them in and said, yeah, this is... Oh, my is, God. Yeah. And it was like, this was the result from this study. Yeah. Uh, it's, oh, man. 
apparently, according to the people, contain the, the these studies contain pixel for pixel duplications. Uh, the images are mostly of data such as Western blots, which are used to detect and visualize the presence of proteins in a complex mixture. So they're like, you know what? We think those proteins should be there. We're just going to go ahead and use these graphs that show that they were there. And yeah, I mean, that's good. what they found last time. So that's probably what they'd find this time. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I was hearing, uh, was listening to an NPR article about this, and there was a guy saying, look, you know, there's a lot of graphs. Sometimes people get mixed up as to which graphs went with which <laughs> study. It's an innocent mistake. Oh, totally. Totally innocent mistake. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's very disappointing. I know. I just like sometimes copy and paste graphs from one thing to another by I, accident. I never label any of my graphs. So at the end of the research, when I'm all done, I just have to guess which ones went where. Mm. That's that's how science is done. Yeah. yeah. The funny thing is you're not even wrong. This is one of the reasons why I don't take the hashtag believe science crowd seriously. <laughs> so it's got at some point, right? It's got to reach a breaking point. Where enough people are like, guys, the way we do science is so fucked up. Like, let's do a different, let's do science different. Come on. I mean, I think we're getting there as a society. It's happening more and more that people are starting to nope out of the science process and just be like, here's science I'm doing. It's online. Yeah, that's better. Yeah, but I guess, I guess it could just, yeah, I guess individual researchers can just be like, I'm putting my, my science on the internet. Yeah, you can the hardest part about that is that science is often expensive and you need grants and that whole seeking the grants and seeking the accreditation accreditation and is what leads to this sort of so not sort of this complete and total fraud well that's what uh the astral codex 10 funding is for i feel like you should go to science hell for this and i'm not sure what science hell exactly entails but it should be something bad but yes astral codex 10 funding is i good mean stuff. they're already at harvard medical school <laughs> Zing. All right. Well, that's depressing. That is depressing. Oh, here's some more depressing news. Inyash, what's going on in Ohio? Ohio passed a law, which was vetoed by the governor, uh, that required mental health providers to get permission from at least one parent before even diagnosing a minor with gender issues and completely disallowing all blocks, hormones, and surgery, even with parental consent. Oh, and but Ohio has a Republican governor. He's He's... Mike DeWine, he's pretty conservative. So, uh, you know, I guess this is a good news story, right? He issued the veto and it's not happening. And then the Ohio legislature uh, took it back and passed it with a veto-proof majority. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, this law sucks. This this is crazy. Like, I understand wanting to, like, put some checks on the process, but, like, saying you cannot get any blockers hormones whatsoever for a minor like in some of these cases it's under 21 even not under 18 like this is this is absolutely insane this is something a doctor gets to decide with the parents and hopefully with the child's um, input as well um yeah you, so when, you, when you originally had this on the outline i had thought it was uh, they need parent permission for uh, permission from one parent before like getting hormones or having surgery i thought so too yeah, and then I was like, eh, I mean, I probably wouldn't do that, but that's not, like, crazy. Yeah. Um, but no, it's just, you can't do that at all if you're under 18, um, and you need parent permission to even, like, talk to a therapist about gender issues. Right. Which is just insane. Yeah. It is. Yeah. And it's why, shit like this is why the, everything about this is so fucked, mm-hmm. because, you know, you can say to people, like, 
Oh, well, you know, we definitely think that there are some real trans people that, like, have gender dysphoria and have body dysmorphia and, like, really benefit from these treatments. And, you know, we're not trying to, to stop that from happening, except, oh, all the assholes in Ohio, which isn't even that red of a state, mm-hmm. are trying to do that. Yeah. So, I, eh. it's It's just, I don't know. Like, th- there is a reasonable middle ground somewhere, but no, they just go all the way straight to, you know what, gas all the Jews, or whatever the fuck. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't think they went quite that far. <laughs> uh, but uh, no trans people allowed if you're, you know, under 18 is uh, is the thing here. And I feel like this pisses you off especially, because you're, so, uh, you're, you're such a, uh, you know, let children do things. I mean... Uh, proponent yeah within within guidelines like my opinion is that you're not a child anymore at 17 and a half Mm -hmm. uh at least the vast majority of people aren't so for me this is just stopping adults from getting on with their lives and there is some level where you're like yeah you know what maybe the nine-year-old doesn't know what's best for his life maybe you need consent from a parent before doing things but maybe the nine-year-old shouldn't get the surgery but that's not what we're talking about right here right yeah yeah i mean the the reason that I can't stand this is because the evidence based around the evidence base around youth gender medicine is just so completely fucked from both ends. Yeah. That like we don't even really know what a good policy would actually look like and this is just going to perpetuate that state of affairs. It's going to make things more politicized and less trustworthy. Uh, when the researchers have lefty sympathies, it's going to make, um, uh, well, there really aren't many gender researchers with righty sympathies, so I guess I don't really have to say anything about them, and it's just going to make trying to do any research that much harder. So, yeah, this is dumb. David, don't lie. The reason you can't stand this law is because it's a law. I mean, hmm. yes, that too. But in this case, I have more specific reasons as well. Um, and just in case you thought it wasn't about culture war, they also threw in a thing barring trans women from competing against cis women in school sports. Yeah, I'm fine with this. Uh, I'm not. I think it's I think it's a good policy in general, but it's a policy that schools should implement rather than the state. I think it's not a good policy. No? Why? Um, because I think most trans women are not going to be very good at sports, even if they uh, have male bodies. <laughs> Okay. So, like, I think you should just be like, all right, trans women, you can compete, but you can't win. What? Okay. That's yeah. That's actually what? legit. Don't, don't let them win. Say, if you win, it doesn't count. That that seems like a very uh, reasonable compromise, actually. And the trophy, the trophy actually. goes to the, the cis women, women yeah. that did the best. Yeah. Right? But, like, most, most trans women, they just want to compete. I kind of love dominate. how you just sort of, like, slash the Scordian knot. <laughs> yeah. West well, for I, president. I, right in West Spenza <laughs> on all your primary ballots. Oh, I should have run in New Hampshire. Mm. Probably could have done better than Marianne Williamson. <laughs> hope so all right we've only got one more uh bad news story uh so Eniash, take it away yeah this one is for a very limited subset of our listeners but i am one of them so uh it is we always let, it's on. about the hugo awards we always let you report on the hugos yes the hugo awards are the used to be i mean they still are a pretty big science fiction literature award uh but much less relevant nowadays, sadly. Uh, they were held in China this year. It is a traveling con. Uh, every I also few- want to point out that this was on the outline is Hugo Awards for SF Lit. Yeah. And I was like, I've, 
I th- I thought you meant like it was a party in San Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> like his Hugo Awards are lit. Okay, nice. <laughs> and, I, and I was excited about it. And then I read the rest and I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, SF being science fiction and lit being literature. Uh, the Hugo Awards are hosted in a different city every year. They decide which city uh, is going to be um, the next host city two years in advance. Anyways, this year they were held in China. And to absolutely nobody's surprise, the Chinese Communist Party censored the Hugo Awards and took some people just off. There, there were, uh, particularly of note was Babel, a very well-reviewed book uh, that won other awards and people were expecting it to at least be on the ballot, but was not a nominee. Turns out later, got enough uh, once all the... the um, statistics came out for who voted for what and what ballots, got plenty of nominations, should have been uh, in the nominee list, but the Chinese Communist Party just said no. They also excluded a episode of The Sandman, which had a short-form dramatic nomination, or would have had one, and a fan writer. Uh, there were a number of nominees, which, uh, after the final tallies were done, got more votes than they had ballots, which was interesting. Normally not how things happen. Uh, but yeah, they, this doesn't normally sp- how things happen in China. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, not too much surprise. Uh, this all started many years—not many years ago, but several years ago. Like I said, they choose uh, two years in advance what the, what a city's what city's going to host, and even before that, the lobbying begins a few years before then. Uh, so this this fuckery started uh, for the Hugo Awards back in 2018, and when the actual um, ballots were cast for what city is going to host the 2023 awards. Uh, the Chengdu city had, I think, four times more nominating ballots cast than anyone else. Uh, a lot of those ballots only voted for the city and not for anything else on the ballot. And 1,500 of them had no names attached to them. So, just just basically purchased by the Chi- Chinese Communist Party. So, uh, they should probably change how they do that. I mean, there were quite a few people who said, um, guys, this is highly irregular. It obviously seems like this is just ballot stuffing by somebody with a lot of money. And those people were said, told that they were very racist and they shouldn't say such things and excluded from the discussion. Can anyone just vote? This for literally the sounds like the plot of a science fiction story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a fan convention. As long as you have a membership, you can vote. Inyash, you should write that story. <laughs> you should be definitely write that story. story. I, 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 may... I will pay off all the people I can to get it uh, <laughs> to get it at Hugo in 2025. <laughs> I, okay. Call them the Schmugo Awards. Yeah. All right. Well, now that we're all thoroughly depressed, it's time for happy news. Good news, Yay! everyone. Uh, all of these are from Eniash. So Eniash, just go ahead. Take it away. All right. NASA's Mars helicopter flew 14 times further than had been initially planned and lasted for three years. Woo! Yeah, it is finally settled down to its final resting place, but gosh, it did a good job while it was up there. Yeah. That's so much roving. Mm-hmm. I love how this is, like, a recurring thing with Mars rovers. Like, they last... They underpromise and overdeliver. Yeah, they routinely last orders of magnitude longer than we thought they were going... Or more than an order of magnitude longer than they we thought they were going to. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. it tells me we should be sending a lot more rovers and investing less in each one. But still, mm. it's cool while it lasts. So do you guys know uh, Liam and Wawaru's uh, uh, podcast, Too Rash, Too Unadvised? Uh, yes. familiar. They have on there, like, a few times as a guest, one of the guys who uh, 
Well, I think I think they're genderless. So it's one of the people who uh, flew the the Mars helicopter. Wes, don't be sexist. Guys is gender neutral nowadays. I think it was, and now it's not anymore. What? No way. Yeah, they're yelling about it again. <laughs> Dumb. <laughs> I, guys is gender neutral, and oftentimes man, as long as it's said in the right way, like in the Big Lebowski way, also gender neutral. If you say so. Anyway, go listen to Two Rush, Two Unadvised. Uh, any episode with Harold on it. Yeah, it's really cool. And uh, and they they sometimes talk about the uh, the Mars rover or the Mars helicopter. Mm-hmm. All right, more space stuff. Tell us more space stuff. Japan landed a thing on the moon. They are now the fifth country to land a thing on the moon. All right, more moon landings. Not people, right? Just a thing. Yeah, not people. It's the probey right. robotic thing. They also landed it upside down. <laughs> they but, did. You know. But it survived, which is interesting. Yeah, good job, yeah. Japan. Yeah, right? I mean, that, somehow that's still part of America you're landing on, but I assume they got permission. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of America, didn't we try to uh, land something on the moon recently? We did. Astrobotic had a lunar lander that uh, didn't actually quite make it to the moon. There was a fuel oh leak Oh my god, their name is Astrobotic? Yes. That's a cool name. It is a very cool name. Uh, there was a fuel leak, so they were not actually able to land it on the moon, and they had to turn around and burn it up in the Earth's atmosphere. But they learned a as lot. As you do. Yeah, yeah, as you do. You don't want it to, like, land on anybody's head, so incinerate that thing. Uh, but they learned a lot in the process, and Intuitive Machines is going to try for a lunar landing next month. As next has month? been previously covered on this very podcast. And this, all right. This is well, all. Good, good luck, Intuitive Machines. Hell yeah. This is all part of NASA's work to commercialize lunar deliveries, which means moon expansion is back on the menu. Man, recording this podcast when I have a second and a half time lag is going to suck. Ooh, why are you going to have a second? Oh, because <laughs> he's going to be, be on, on the moon, moon. Oh, I got you. <laughs> Right, My bad. Uh, you needed a second and a half to get that joke. I, I have a second and a half time lag whenever I think. Yeah, never mind. <laughs> uh, now that I think about it, it will probably be basically the same as it is now. <laughs> uh, so uh, what, do you, what do you mean commercialized lunar deliveries? Meaning, meaning that a commercial company does it, and like you pay them some money, and they deliver stuff for you. But like, why? What are they delivering to the moon? They might be delivering supplies to the awesome U.S. astronauts that are going to be living on the moon and making us a moon base. Yeah, moon base. Hell yeah, that'd be so awesome. Yeah, I want to go up for the second moon base because that's the one that'll work. I mean, the first one might work. And then, and then I can get on the radio and be like, "This is jazz, the moon base too," and all the cool kids will get it. I do not get it. What is that? Of course you don't. It's from the Transformers movie. Ah, okay. I said cool kids for a reason. It was the Transformers movie, the one, the good one, right? From the 80s? The good one. Yeah, yeah the 80s okay. one. Cool. Yeah, I did see All that. right. All right. What's uh, what's the next happy news? Next happy news is, how do I pronounce this? Otto Ferlin is a hearing loss that's caused by a single gene mutation. Uh, leaves people deaf uh, from birth. There is an experimental gene therapy that was tried on a deaf 11-year-old, and it worked, uh, cleared this gene mutation. Well, not cleared, fixed it. Uh, and he can hear now for the first time in his life. Oh, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's amazing. God damn, that's cool. Mm-hmm. And, and they it, actually did it? They actually did it, Like, yeah. it's a thing they did to a person? Yes. The, the kid's uh-huh, name is Isam. Right. All right. Yeah. And Isam is on record saying, there is no sound I don't like. They're all good. <laughs> all right. Well, I, I, here's, here's my challenge, Isam. Listen to the Mind Killer podcast and see if you still say that. <laughs> like it. You should get him as a guest. <laughs> I, I have a feeling he'd have trouble understanding spoken language. Yes, he still needs an interpreter with sign language because it like takes a just, while. Yeah, I feel like he just got the thing put in. Yep. 
All right. Uh, what's our next story? Uh, our, the nations, our nations, the United States' largest solar energy and storage project just came online in California last week. It, hey. Yeah. It offers, offers 875 megawatt hours of solar capacity, I'm assuming when the sun is bright and not being clouded, and three gigawatt hours of storage. Which gigawatt is, hours. That's a lot. It, I don't know how much it is because I, I don't uh, know. One gigawatt is approximately a country day, I think. Shit. Um, so France uses, I want to say, like eight gigawatts every day. Huh? And uh, 1.71 gigawatts is how much you need to travel back in time. Yeah. It's a lot. Yeah. Uh, well, no, that's 1.71 gigawatts. <laughs> right. <laughs> totally different. Yeah. So we could almost travel back in time twice. Um, I So I'm looking forward to the utopian future where where all the uh, the the cars are storing all the uh, all the energy when it's bright out. I like that idea. That would be cool, right? Like everyone's ca- everyone's got an electric car with a huge honking battery in it, and that just you know it powers their house when they're not using it. Well, the problem with the uh, huge honking batteries is that they're heavy. Well, right, but they're already putting them in the cars, and also that you won't have power when your car's not in the garage. Mm. Which well, you're still you know connected to the grid. It's modular, you see. They're already doing this with some appliances, by the way. Have you heard about that? No. Yeah, you can get like an electric oven and range top that's battery equipped that fills up the battery when electricity's cheap and then uses it when when electricity is expensive. That is freaking brilliant. Right? Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I feel like a chump for not having thought of that myself. Yeah, and yeah, I think you can buy them right now. Awesome. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. All right, speaking of things that are cool, what's our next story? Car T-cells. These are genetically engineered T-cells, which are our immune cells. Uh, they've been used for a number of years now to fight blood cancers, uh, the ones that are genetically engineered to fight those blood cancers. Uh, they are t- playing around with the, using them for other things, and in mice, they are slowing aging and even slightly reversing aging in older mice uh, when they're altered to eliminate senescent cells. A single treatment could last for years, and it sh- shows no sign of toxicity to the mice. Oh, God damn it, Eniash. You get what? me all excited about mouse studies again. Hey, man, we got to start somewhere. We start with the mice, <laughs> then we move on to the humans. All right. We only got like uh, 40, 50 years for them to figure it out. Uh, yeah, unless we delend the FDA. No, we still have 40 to 50 years. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're just much more likely to actually get it figured out in that time. Yeah. I think we could cut it down to 20 to 30. Nah, we'll just we'll just go to Prospera and get our treatments. Yeah, it's actually not you a know, bad like idea. Like with the teeth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Got to save up some anti-aging money though. Indeed, it's not going to be cheap. Yeah. And insurance ain't covering that. Nope. I don't know. Life insurance might. Oh yeah. Oh, right? Yeah. Get your life point. insurance company to pay for your anti-aging treatment, dude. Yeah, genius. I like it. Yeah. All right, Eniash. Next yes. story. Uh, a husky just started digging in a yard and would not freaking stop. And their owners like were do. like, this is a very good boy and generally only digs when there's something happening. So uh, they went out there with various detecting equipment and it was like, holy shit, there's a natural gas leak here. And yeah, turns out utility company came out and was like, whoa, yep, there was a big old natural gas leak directly underneath where the dog was digging. That is a very good boy because potentially the whole block could have blown up if we didn't get this fixed. Man, human interest stories really are the best when they're about dogs. Yeah, dogs are great. All right, but somehow you have another human interest story for us. I do. There was a British couple that was vacationing in Canada, which were who were on the beach, which seems weird in Canada. Why would you? Why would you be on a beach in Canada? That was well, the frozen. Well, they are British, sometimes. so you know it probably <laughs> felt like home to them. 
Okay. Uh, two teen girls were also out on this beach. They were competitive swimmers. They were on boogie boards. And anyways, this British couple have never been in the water before because they're from Britain and got uh, pulled out by a riptide. Uh, the, the old man in particular, an older gentleman, was pulled way out there. Uh, they first uh, hauled the woman in and then swam out to the old man who was starting to, you know, flag because just he's trying to swim against the current, get back to shore. Couldn't freaking do it because it's freaking riptide, man. Anyways, uh, they hauled him up onto their boogie board and then attached it to their ankles and swam along the coast until they got past the outgoing current and then brought him back to shore and saved his life. And both these girls are competitive swimmers, which is one of the reasons they were out there doing their swim thing. Damn. Yeah. Way to go, uh, Canadian ladies. Good job. Good job, guys. Yep. <laughs> God. <laughs> Good job, man. <laughs> you get the uh, highest award for civilian valor offered by the United States of America. A thumbs up from the Mind Killer podcast. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right. Well, that brings us to troop deployments. I'm willing to put wave after wave of men at your disposal. As we all know, politics is the mind killer and arguments are soldiers. So in that spirit, we ask each of our three hosts to send a soldier out onto the battlefield each episode. We'll start with David. Yeah, so I just finished my first playthrough of Cyberpunk 2077, and I really enjoyed it. It's a great game, uh, nice gunplay, nice uh, hacking mechanics, uh, and it just has this absolutely gorgeous, dark, gritty dystopia it establishes. Uh, so, for example, uh, the game is primarily set in a... Um, in a future San Francisco with the serial numbers filed off, and um, there are not homeless encampments constantly covering the streets and feces. Uh, you can open carry fully automatic weapons, which you can buy out of vending machines. Uh, we have advanced cybernetics. We're colonizing the moon. Governments are totally impotent, and everyone hates them. <laughs> and there's super drugs. Don't forget the super there drugs. There are super drugs. We're really close to cracking immortality. Guys, I think Cyberpunk 2077 setting is a utopia. Nice. I gotta play All this right. game. Well, yeah. uh, we gotta get on that anti-aging, and uh, then we gotta last 53 years. Yep. Easy peasy, especially for David. He's a youngin. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I mean, I mean, the timelines have already diverged. Uh, there are major plot points that happen in 2020 and 2023, and the USSR is still around. But uh, yes, ah uh, well. All right, Eniash, what do you got? Well, uh, I've been in San Francisco for a while and was very busy before that, so I didn't have time to come up with a full troop deployment. But as a thank you to my host in San Francisco, who was putting me up without charging me tons of money, uh, I have allowed her to, and by allowed, I mean demanded, that uh, she, <laughs> she give some troop deployments. Uh, so first troop deployment. This hurts me in my very soul to say, but because I'm getting to stay here for almost nothing, uh, well, for literally nothing, um... It turns out that puns are good. <laughs> yeah, that's... I was forced to say it. I, I don't know if I can ever forgive my host for this, but it is what it is. Uh, also, it turns out that limes are better than lemons in every application. Why do we even have lemons? Oh Seriously, God, guys. That's so true. Yeah. Uh, that's the best troop deployment you've ever there had. There are some mixed drinks <laughs> where I prefer lemon juice to lime juice, but broadly speaking, endorsed. My best troop deployment ever is not even my troop deployment. Yeah, it's sad. Finally, we should normalize wearing the same outfit more than one day in a row, which is also very true. What? Men can do that. It's only women who can. Yeah. 
Well, Meg- I wear the same outfit all the time, and nobody notices. Wow, now look who's rolling cares what up with the gender essentialism, Wes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's not my fault society's like this. I didn't say men and women are like this. It's how society views us. <laughs> yeah, I know. Society. All right, uh, yeah. You know, when it comes right over the plate, you have to swing. Finally, support your local library. Uh, not endorsed. <laughs> <laughs> all right all right my troop deployment is that joe biden is 2024's hillary clinton so remember last time democratic party elites decided to discourage a real primary and coronate a nominee instead the nominee had obvious weaknesses and wasn't very popular but nobody was worried because the republican nominee was a historically unpopular sexist racist narcissist buffoon named donald trump oh no the year was 2016 the nominee was hillary clinton and she went down in flames we've apparently learned nothing because democratic elites have once again discouraged a real primary and despite the valiant efforts of giga chad dean phillips they're hosting a coronation rather than a competition much like clinton Biden's starting out unpopular, except he's even less popular than Clinton was. In January of 2016, Clinton's approval rating was around 50%. Biden's currently under 40. Now, like Clinton, Biden has obvious weaknesses as a candidate. I don't know if you guys have heard, but Biden is 81 years old. He'll be 86 by the time the next presidential term is over. He is an old, old man. And it shows every time he's on TV. It's a huge liability. It's such a liability that Biden generally just doesn't do media appearances. They've got him locked down and their election strategy just seems to be to focus on how terrible Trump is. If Biden has a fall or a heart attack or something, it's all over. Even if he survives, it'll just illustrate how old and infirm he is. This is just 2016 all over again. The Democrats are right that Trump is a historically awful candidate who should, should be very easy to beat. All they need to do is nominate someone who's not also a historically bad candidate like Joe Biden. But nobody with any name recognition will run because the party has already decided that Biden's the guy. In 2020, everyone who ran against Biden is still in good standing with the party. And many of them were given positions in his cabinet. This time around, Dean Phillips, the one guy with any spine in the party, is persona non grata and isn't even bothering to run for re-election in his house seat because everyone's all pissed off at him. But what are we doing? Why is there all this support for Biden? The whole reason anyone voted for Biden last time is that he's electable. That was his one selling point. <coughs> he's not electable anymore. Why don't the Democrats want to nominate someone who gives them the best chance to win? The whole situation is complete insanity. The even less explicable part is that the voters are listening. Rather than voting for the courageous and daring Dean Phillips, a supermajority of voters in New Hampshire wrote in Joe Biden. Why? Everyone is telling pollsters they don't want Biden. So why not nominate someone else? Why go so far as to write him in when he's not even on the ballot? Biden might still win because Trump really is that bad. But it will be much harder than it ought to be. And it's entirely our own fault. If there's anyone out there with the capacity for reason, vote for Dean Phillips in the primary. Spoiler warning, there's not. There's not. Sorry, Dean. Well, I'm on the Dean team. All right. Well, that's our show for this fortnight. Please follow us wherever you follow podcasts. Please leave us reviews on Apple Podcasts. Please subscribe on Substack. You'll get access to early episodes. You'll get bonus episodes. And you'll get access to our subscriber-only Discord channel. Come back in two weeks. Same rat time, same rat channel. Bye.